That's a good stat then. I like that. Thank you. Brian said it was dumb, but I like it. No, I yeah. hate it. Because He's always been my favorite. Comic. Because yeah, sure. Because it was stupid. <laughs> because this this was stupid. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith, Scott Weeby, Brian Chesko. Gentlemen, time for the B side of this cassette. B side. We've got seven matches to cover from game week nine from a fantasy Premier League. You know, that was the best thing I've ever done. Oh, okay. That's fantastic. That might be a staple from now on. I'll put B side on your, I'll etch it on your tombstone whenever <laughs> you die. <laughs> No, I want something else to add to my tombstone when I pass. Scott, I mentioned something last pod I wanted to bring up, and I want to bring it up right now because we are short on time okay, and long on games. Yes. Hey, real quick, interesting stat that okay. I came up with this past week. For the first time that I can remember in fantasy Premier League since I've been paying attention, history. Okay. Yeah. Defense this year. Good. The top 10 defenders are averaging 48.4 points. At a cost of 5.96 pounds. Okay. Okay. Midfielders are averaging 8.73 pounds. Okay. So it's a lot more money for just about the same number of points. 2.7 pounds more on average than the top. And again, we're dealing with the top 10. Than the top 10 midfielders over the top 10 defenders. Yet, the only thing that separates them points-wise is 0.5. So in other words, if you were to spend... Kind of like I have right now. I own the top four defenders. Hmm. My money's going so much further with points there as opposed to if you were to own the top five midfielders. It's true. Really, really weird. It even shrinks up more if you take a true average throwing at the high and low okay. and then just doing the middle. Yeah. Defenders are actually averaging one whole point more than midfielders. Because on you took average. out Eden Hazard. Because you take out Eden Hazard. Yeah. Very interesting. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. What about the matches? Let's get on to those matches. Let's go on to them. Arsenal 3, Leicester 1. Come on, you got it! Mesut Ozil <laughs> and Obama Yang times 2. Uh, by the way, the Gunners actually scored all the goals in this one. Hector Bellerin with an own goal. Gunners were scoring for both sides. Like many matches, a tail two halves that's true it is very interesting listen am i excited and pumped yes my days go much better when arsenal wins and my days <laughs> recently have been really good because arsenal continues to win very pumped about that 10 wins on the spin here's what's going on it's very weird I, and, and and i can only attribute this to unai emery having uh making halftime adjustments I'll use today as an example. But the last like seven or eight games, Arsenal is either drawn or at, or losing at halftime. And then they come out in the second half and make complete changes. And they own the second half. Arsenal's pretty much own the second half of most of the games this season. That's a good thing. Case in point today. Ben Chilwell, Brian, your boy. Mm. Ben Chilwell, who yeah. got kind of robbed on a goal today. Yeah. Was on fire. He was torching Arsenal in the first half of this game. As it was noted, the, as noted by the NBC Sports Network announcing team during the match. It was the Ben Chilwell half, is yeah. what it was. Emery comes into halftime and says, "Okay, we have to do this, something about this Ben Chilwell thing." So they switched Mctarian, who was playing in front of Bellerin, and they literally just switched Mctarian and Awobi in the match. And so now Awobi's on the right side in front of Bellerin. It completely changed. It required the game. removing Henrik McSorley. They eventually from, did from he, the pitch. Entirely. He eventually got subbed. Right, right. At sixty minutes, yeah. but I'm saying, bottom line is he changed it. Look, if you go back to the Newcastle game when they brought Lucas Torreira in at the at halftime, that was match week game week five. Ever since then, Bellerin and Arsenal have looked completely different for the most part. Bellerin. Since then, in his last four weeks, has six eight five seven. 
Lucas Torreira is just he's not he's the Angolo Conte he is the Angolo Conte he's he's not gonna get any publicity but he's doing all the things behind the scenes to free up everyone else to play I've been the saying this Musa Dembele season you <laughs> that's not even close anyways that's moving not on terrible if that's true though hey look Brian mentioned this a couple weeks ago Bellerin own him why not I, right right listen my point was there should be no reason that Nacho Monreal is owned the significant percentage less than he is owned by people who own Hector Bellerin. It's like eight it's a eight percent ownership difference. Nacho, a surprise late scratch. Surprise! Very surprise for anyone that owned Nacho Monreal. Yeah. But it was entirely precautionary. So this is uh this was a late scratch that kept him out of the match. Yes. Look, am I pumped about Arsenal? Yes, they've been playing fantastic. This is not. This is an unofficial Arsenal moment. I am. I'm pumped. Hey, this is everything that I could have hoped and dreamed for in a change of manager. And look, things are starting to shape up. I can only hope that they just show up against Liverpool because well, that could give a, a really good game. And and I just that's obviously a massive test because a lot of the competition they've been playing has not been good. But look, Leicester's a decent team. And they were losing, and they, they, they make changes at halftime. And here's one thing that Arsenal has done pretty consistently all year. They can score three goals in four minutes. They've shown they've done this in multiple games where they can put goals together real quickly. So, hey, we'll see. One, one of the goals today, anyone who saw it can admit to this, was might be one of the best team goals you'll see all season. Uh, it as, was as, as amazing. A, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, a guy who actually is an NBA, one of my favorite NBA guys who uh, who I've seen a, a lot, he actually tweeted the, the play, the video of the play, and said, hang it in the Louvre. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. it, it, that's that last goal, the heel yeah. flick from Ozil that led to the breakaway that ended with Ozil assisting Obama Yang was art. It, it was. Is, it truly was just beautiful football. That brings us to Mesut Ozil, who was by far the man in the match today. He was Arsenal's captain. He was fantastic. Look, everyone knocks him because he doesn't show up in big games. Ever, don't act like that. You haven't done that. I have. Okay. I just want to put you back what, what on you're the record. Is fair. I have. I have been. I have been lukewarm, hot and cold on this guy for a long time. In fact. I, I covered this a couple of weeks ago, so I shouldn't have to go back on it. This was peak Ozil today, right? Sure. This is what he could do. Now, Isn't yeah. this exactly the problem, though? Well, hold on. Things are different. Things are different this year a little bit. And this is what I wanted to bring up to you. I think Brian and I both were, in some way, collectively, were saying last week, last time we recorded, hey, Mesut Ozil, in the last three games that he's played, 10-3 and 10, and now he's linked to 12 onto that. He missed the game because of back spasms, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, so it's got to be on the record. Four, three of the last four games, match weeks, he has scored double-digit points. 10-3, 10-12. That is the last some, four he's played, yeah. That is something to look at. I mean, you're overlooking the zero from the injury. A little bit. He didn't play. I know, but that's got to be part of the consideration, right? Is he going to play? Most of the time he's playing. I don't know. Urzel's at that place where if he doesn't score points, he reinforces what I feel about him. And when he does score points, it just reinforces what I feel about him. I don't see this as Urzel's turnaround or, you know, if, if the... Premier League had such a thing as a comeback player of the year. I don't see this as Urzel's award to, to win. I just see it as Mesut Urzel as inconsistent as ever. His highs are higher and his lows are just as low as they've been. In my opinion, that doesn't make me want him anymore. I, any more than I've ever ha any more than I've ever have. In my mind, he can keep doing double digits every other match for a while if he wants to. It's not going to last. It's only going to be a matter of time before his feelings get hurt by not getting picked for some random Europa League match or something, and we go back to old Messit. Does it make any difference that he was named captain today? If I'm going to be honest, I do think it does. I think Unai Emery is probably trying to play to Urzel a little bit well, here. But, we, but that's not different. I mean that that's been a stated that was an intent 
that has been as old as the summer. From the time Emery has come in, because of the drama with with Ozil and the German national team and him retiring and never playing for Germany ever again and all of the drama that was coming with that, this this was the team, you know, at the beginning of the season, it was Arsenal coming around him and saying, like, no, we support our guy. And it was hit or miss. And we talked about this a few weeks ago with the Aaron Ramsey issue, that Aaron Ramsey all of a sudden had turned into the guy who was the wrinkle. Right. Where Arsenal fan TV and anyone covering the, you know, anyone covering Arsenal was basically saying, Get this guy in the spot that we know he is best. Right. Put him, play him as a true number 10. And we talked about that a while ago because because of the Aaron Ramsey stuff, because there was they just weren't coexisting. If, no, their scores, if you put their scores over each other, they look like a checkerboard. One has to do poorly for the other one to do well, and it's every other match right now. They have not played well together at all right which and that's the problem and it's because but it's because ramsey was playing centrally ozil was playing wider Wide, yeah. when ramsey was starting if now with ramsey's contract issue being a, obviously being a problem him him obviously unhappy Ramsey was preferred under Wenger, but Ozil seems to be preferred under yes, Emery. And now subbing on. If Ramsey yeah. gets to be one of the one of the subs, it could I mean, it feels like it could benefit both guys while they're doing that as long as Ramsey's happy. If Ramsey is not happy, it's not like there's not it's not like they haven't shown that again, there's not players to cover that. Yeah. Dave, your Mr. point is Gunner. valid, Dave, and I think that it does make Urza a little bit more attractive. Am I going anywhere near him yet? No. Well, I'm just saying, at what point, what does he have to do in three of the last four games that he's played with 10, 3, 10, and 12? What more does he have to do to get your attention? Moving on. It's to, not just me. He's owned by 4.2% just of Just you, owners. Scott. Just you. I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> moving on to Aubameyang. Your, your point is valid. Aubameyang and Lacazette. This is a problem. This is an issue. There's a dollar. There's a pound. A pound dollar. A badillion pound dollars. One badillion pound dollars. It separates the two of them. Who do you own? You want to know what people? Guy you want to know what people? Almost the same number of points. Well, and I would. I would. I and would, until this. Until today, he had scored more points. Well, but he didn't today. You know what people are actually doing? What are people actually doing, Brian? Guess who between the two of them is transferred in more? I would say Aubameyang because he's at a 15 and a 12 back-to-back. Scott? That would be my guess. No, Lacazette. Almost 50,000 transfers in. 48,000 for Lacazette, 38,000 for Aubameyang. Well, it's, it's, not a, it's not a bad move. It's, it's because they spent their money going to Virgil instead of Lovren. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Listen, it's probably true. <laughs> Obama Yang, Dave, if you were if you're an FPL owner and you owned Obama Yang to start the season, I and did. You got rid of him. I did as fast as possible because his first three weeks he did nothing. Yep. Why in the world in the last two weeks, other than because they played a crap defense and then a not so good defense? How does how does 28 minutes and 29 minutes give anyone who's leaping on Obama Yang confidence? That they want to spend a dollar more than it costs to get Lacazette. I don't know, but I'm, I own Lacazette. Man, it is tempting though. Like, I'm, is I'm, it? Yeah. Like, last year, last year to end the season, I owned Aubameyang and I rode him I did all too. the way to a title. This year, I haven't even thought about going to Aubameyang. Well, but y- you should. You you should start thinking about it, Scott. Back to back braces is. In in sub time, I mean, right. and that's what's amazing is like he can even come in and in crap time. Brian Scott, who is the the number two forward scorer overall in the league? You're looking at Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. You know who number three is? Lacazette. That's so the I'm, one I own. I'm just saying, look, and that's fair. And I'm not going to knock either one. I just think it's a dilemma for people. Aubameyang, in my opinion, has a higher ceiling. Well, hey, Dave, let's put it in. Let's put some real actual meat on it. Here's why. There's a significant number of people who are Harry Kane owners, and we can talk about Harry Kane. Yes. Which is which is approaching panic. 
Yes. So you have two dollars, basically, difference, roundabout, between Harry Kane and Aubameyang. Correct. And almost just about three dollars complete difference between Harry Kane and Alexander Lacazette. Yep. Are you selling Harry Kane for Lacazette or Aubameyang? Because you could do either and make a crap ton of money. I am. I am going to. <laughs> you are. Okay. But that, which one? That's what I'm saying. You might as well have just said yes. Brian, I am. Good. I don't which, know. I, I don't. Look, today I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I know I'm selling Kane. I, I was holding on to him for this week against West Ham, and he shit on me. So at this point, I'm selling him. I'm, and, and surely he'll score a brace against City this week. Any, moving on. <laughs> uh, no sooner that I sell him, he'll do fantastic. Yes, I don't know who I'm going to. It's too early in the week. I, I haven't looked at enough things. I don't know. I I mean, I just feel like the, the the issue now, because of this, because it's obvious that Arsenal has found a way to function like this, to be drawing at halftime and then to be winning at the end of the match. They've yep. done it in their last nine or whatever yep. it is, which is ridiculous. And now you have, uh, obviously... If you were going to say 100,000 people are going to buy Lacazette and Aubameyang going into this coming match week, and it's closer to 50-50, knowing there's a dollar difference between the two, I feel like that's a bit uh, surprising. Yeah. Now, it, look, Lacazette's probably the safer move for those risky guys. Go with Aubameyang. And when it comes to Leicester, you like the next three matches. West Ham at Cardiff, Burnley. Hold Le- tight on the guys you Leicester's got. schedule does not change. Nope. Leicester's schedule until December 5th is fine. Madison really, owners. most of their schedule between now and, De- and the middle of December is, is fine. fine. Madison owners, keep them. Vardy owners, keep James them. James Madison was a, a Wilfred and Didi header yes. misplaced an by inches. Yep. I agree. From having an assist here. James yeah. Madison should not be on your list of of transfers out consideration, and yet he's one of the most transferred out midfielders for the week in Fantasy Premier League. There are more people transferring him in overall, but 15,000 people have decided that it's uh, a smart move given a run of fixtures uh, in their next six at least that are favorable, and they've decided that they want to get rid of him for someone. Uh, frustrating for sure to watch um, Ben Chilwell not get a goal yet again, rampaging and doing exactly what he's been doing all season and be rewarded for it in a terrible matchup. Mm. So annoying, but it was nice to see that he actually got uh, that he actually got some attacking points. Agree. West Ham nil, Tottenham one. A feisty London derby saw Eric Lamella score the lone goal. Lamella was all over the place here. Six point four billion dollars. You're not buying him. In his last, in his five appearances this year, he's only appeared five times. Brian. Yeah, that's the problem. Three goals, one assist. Yeah, great output when he's playing. Well, I think there's a chance. And I don't know this for fact because I'm not Mauricio Pochettino. He might be earning more playing time. Mm. He's been very productive when he's played. It's true. I think Poch is an idiot if he doesn't play him more. Son's been ice cold. So I'm just saying. Yeah, Son, there's not much to see here. And Son, an unused sub in this match. Yes, definitely. His form has dropped way off. Lamella, when I say all over the place, I mean 10 touches inside the box which will eventually lead us to our Harry Kane panic moment. But two of his three shots were inside of 18 yards for Eric Lamella. Lamella was just abs- was the guy here attacking. More than Mora, more than Kane, more than anybody else. Eric Lamella was all over the place and definitely deserved his goal. It was very nice. Uh, newest nominee for pointless fantasy goal of the season, though, Lamella and Sissoko combining uh, for fantasy Premier League ownership of 0.8%. Wow, no. That's not a nominee. That's the that's the leader in the club. Oh no, there right? are worse. We'll get there. <laughs> that's impossible. But this is a this is up there. Point of and Sissoko combining for I'm for guessing a goal. it's all of Cardiff's goals. Exactly. <laughs> oh my Listen. gosh. <laughs> Kadeem Harris. Listen. Your time is Harry coming. Harry Kane panic is there are things about Harry Kane that are still very good. 
But That's an interesting sentence that I never thought would start an argument. The problem is, one, he subs off early. Two, 22 total touches, which is low. I feel like that's a low number. Just three touches inside of 18 yards. That's bad. That's not good. So with this run of of a tough schedule coming up for Spurs, I would just say the guy who's the fourth most transferred out for the week is A, due to drop in price, and B, they're playing Manchester City. I mean, I'm not saying he's not. He, I mean, it. If there's a if there's a fixture proof guy, it's Harry Kane. But I mean, what's the incentive? What's the incentive to hang on to him when, when like we just talked about two seconds ago, Lacazette and Aubameyang get to play Crystal Palace? I mean, who would you rather have there? So this is not great. If it you know me as a Kane owner, I'm saying this as a Harry Kane. I have him on my team right this moment. If I was gonna if I was gonna have Harry Kane and hold him, I feel like that's the work of a crazy person or a Spurs homer. <laughs> starting December 5th... Which you're both. Yes. Starting December 5th, maybe even against Arsenal on December 2nd, the fixtures ease up a ton. Yeah. They come back again in Spurs' favor. Getting rid of Harry Kane until then, I mean, barring him having hat tricks in every match from between now and the beginning of December, I feel like you'd be okay uh, without him, just because they're going to need him, especially given the stuff that they're doing, similar to Manchester City. Only I think it's a little bit worse uh, from uh, from the beginning here uh, of November until the international break. Brian, how much attacking action was going down Kieran Trippier's side? Most of it, almost all of it. Ten crosses for Kieran Trippier in the match compared to Ben Davis, who put in three. This is no. This is a no-brainer. Uh, Kieran Trippier is the motor for the Spurs offense. And he started like nine matches in a row or something, a, a seven matches in a row or something. He's like that. he's the own, is he not? Is he the total own? Is he the best <sighs> own on Tottenham right now? Probably, yes. 34%, 34.2% owned. He's not necessarily a differential guy, but you'd probably be shocked that a lot of people in your league don't own him. But how, in our own mini league, yeah. not many people own him. But how many weeks until Serge Aurier is healthy? Well, now that Serge Aurier is healthy, he was healthy coming into this match. Didn't matter. Well, no, it, it didn't matter. It did the, before he got hurt. Nah. It didn't matter in this match, that was, but... That was World Cup. It just seems like a lot of run for Trippier in the Premier League. And they, like I said, they have a lot of matches in a, in not many days. Are, I mean, the rotation could come back, it, it, but Trippier is just so... Bad. I would bet that our, uh, Trippier does not start in the three matches coming up until the next international break. He doesn't start all three matches. I think he does. I'll take. That you think bet. he starts all three of the next three? Yeah, because he he won't be playing midweek. If he sits, he'll sit midweek. He won't he won't sit the Premier League match. I'm actually shocked that uh, the FA has set it up so that Tottenham has to play Manchester City on Monday this upcoming game week, and then they play their League Cup match on Wednesday. That's yeah, not enough days of rest cool. in between. That's, that's it, ridiculous. It's like the bare minimum if they rest every second from the end of the match until the start <laughs> of the next <laughs> Look, sucks for Andre Yarmolenko. Bad. What is feel, that? Feel really What's bad the injury? What's Achilles. the injury? It was a fully blown Achilles. He did have surgery, yeah. reportedly successful, likely done for the season. Yep. I'm feel not real saying so bad for him. I, it was terrible. Yeah. And, and we knew and it. We there, were watching. I think we were texting back and forth. It's like, what, it was bad. Yeah. Especially when guys are reacting instantly to when it happened. Like there's hand, a special kind of face and mouth. Yeah. Or, there's and, a special and, kind of reaction to the pain of an injury that you know it's real. And the players yeah. in the pitch know it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I'm not saying by the guy, but Robert Snodgrass <laughs> gets the start here. <laughs> no, oh I gosh. think it's worth mentioning. He gets the start. One point. I know. Eight points on the season. He's not had many. But if Yarmolenko is not just injured. Now, hold on, Scott. You just earlier mocked, don't be the guy who just looks at total points on the season. That's true. So let's, let's, let's Good stay memory, true to Dave. the game. I didn't but even this, remember him saying that because I think highly of Scott, and I don't <laughs> want to remember his wrongs. I'm not wrong. 
I'm just not right yet. Hey, look. You you want to you want to guess that I'm wrong about Robert when we're talking about Robert Snodgrass? Listen, look, at a 5.3. This isn't 2016 anymore, gentlemen. That is true, but this is a guy who's dragging his amazing Aston Villa form into the Premier League <laughs> for the season. I'm just saying for a guy to get opportunity, he's he is important here given the fact that a, a strong attacking presence is now gone for them. Of course, it could. I mean, it should benefit Chicharito. It should benefit Mikel Antonio. They might have a, a bit more rotation there between those guys. But what I'm saying is Snodgrass here, key piece. I mean, eight crosses, four key passes. I'm just saying it's a guy that's worth... Uh, it's. It, I think this is a time for him to show value. That's Are all. you two ready for some hammer, hammer stats? Okay. Do you know what... Can you play the sound of a like a hammer on an anvil sound while I you talk about this? I can only hope to find that. Look at West Ham's defense, Scott. Who's in goal for them? Fabianski. We love Fabianski. Everybody loves him. Mm. The West Ham defense, as Brian so notably pointed out to me this past week, with Jop and Buabuena playing as center backs. They finally figured that out. They're finally healthy they're incoming signings they're they are they are there and they've been there for the last however many game weeks bubbling has played the entire i want season. to point yep. this out hammers have already played already played five of the top six the 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 big six the big six in england hammers have already played five of them yep. out of the nine match weeks so what does that mean going forward that means their fixtures are amazing for the next 10 plus weeks yeah. with the exception of city on november 24th i would i would i would absolutely and i am endorsing this right now i would absolutely consider job at a 4.3 and balbuena at a 4.4 as owns going if you own wamba soccer right now and a lot of people do for me and i will probably make this move this week i will take wamba soccer out because of Palace's upcoming schedule, which is murderous, and I will bring in Jop when his upcoming schedule is glorious. And West Ham, watch them, watch them start putting some clean sheets together. It won't surprise me, and I'll say in a few weeks, I told you so. Uh, I would extend it out further. I would say West Ham's schedule overall between now and and March 30th. Did I not go far enough with no, 10 weeks? I did not. Because it's <laughs> because it's good until March. Okay. They it's not until the beginning of April that they get multiple matches against big 6 clubs consecutively. So, a lot of teams have this. We've talked about this. Leicester had it uh, a little bit. Chelsea has it this season where they don't really play anyone significant back to back. Right. Uh, it's like that for West Ham. Basically, between now and March 30th, when they play Everton, they play Everton at home. That's the last match. That's on March 30th. It's the last time that they do not play uh, big teams back-to-back. For all Wayne Hennessy owners, for all... Well, I wouldn't say Patricio, because Patricio might still be a good owner. But for Wayne Hennessy owners, hey, look at Fabianski. I'm mm. not... I mean, I'm not, ter- I'm not terrified about... like. First of all, Crystal Palace is tougher than people want to give them credit for. I'm not playing them in the next four, but still, after that, their schedule is okay. I mean, it's not the it's not the worst, but selling them now, getting rid of them for the next four weeks, yeah, you're not playing any of those guys. But yeah, West Ham. I mean, I would think about it even with uh, think about it with Marco, definitely, because you're gonna get uh, you're if you're gonna get Marco uh, flat track bully. And you're going to get Marco Arnautovic in the goals. I mean, yep. this is the time. Yep. Only Hammer with a shot on target in this match. And he put four of his five shots on target against Spurs. Uh, he's going to do better than that against garbage teams. There's no doubt. I really wanted to hate your point. But by the end, I'm open to it. Fair. Hey, Balbuena was in the, the differential article this past That's week, right. Dave. I, well, well to, be, to be fair, though, you had an entire West Ham section in the it was, differential. It was Hammers goal. not named Marco, but look, it was, it, was based on, it was based on Yarmolenko. It was based on Felipe Anderson. All, like, all, again, all of the stats were good. Felipe Anderson's not different for Felipe Anderson. No. You no. might see it a little bit more, especially now with Yarmolenko. That's true. Out. He's shown that he can score. 
Wolves nil, Watford two. Etienne Capu and Roberto Pereira remind us that 2016 can be 2018. Also again. 2016 <laughs> calling again, yeah. Do you know that Wolves committed 23 fouls in this match? I hate to say That's I told lot. you so, Dave. I hate to say I told you so. On Wolves or Watford? On Wolves. What were you telling me? Well, he's untelling you about Watford. But it's because they played Wolves. It balances. I'm totally confused. Listen, what he's saying is what we talked about. I can't be wrong. That's what what I'm saying. What we talked about last week (laughs) and what Scott's point was, and this is what I think listening back, because I did listen to what we talked about last week. Which is shocking. It's very important. We do that sometimes. Sure. What we were kind of combining to say, because Scott was the one that entertained the issue at the beginning just to say, I don't want to be the bucket of cold water on wolves because everyone was so hot on them. Right. The issue was, for me, can they put together any kind of offense? Because they had generated nearly none, and yet were winning these scraping by close matches. And then the other thing was that I asked, and Scott immediately said no, can they maintain their ridiculous rate of goal prevention? And Watford was the one that had to walk into, into the Molyneux, Molyneux <laughs> and kind of shut it down. Just one shot on target for Wolves That's not in this good. match. That's no, not good it is all. not good. Not good at all. What else do you want to say about this? There's not a whole lot. I don't feel like this changes a no. ton. Does it change Wolves? No. If you if you held fast on Watford, you probably will keep them for Huddersfield, Newcastle, and Southampton Definitely. as the next three opponents. Well, and so there's no more no need to talk about them if you held on to them. The thing I saw that immediately made me think Scott's going to have a near aneurysm when he sees this is the number of people buying uh, Pereira this week. <laughs> the transfers in on Pereira are I don't know I. I would get it if he was transferred in a reasonable amount, which I feel like is, oh, I don't know, 15,000. He's the third most transferred in of all players. He's barely behind Benjamin Mendy for transfers in. And all I could think is, if I was Scott, all I would see is Tottenham, two, Manchester United, two, Fulham, two, Arsenal, two, Bournemouth, two. And now all of a sudden he finishes, he gets an eight against Wolves. And all of a sudden everyone is back on him. Here's my, I don't know. You know, it pains me to do this, but here's my best justification of why people are doing that. Pereira is a very, very streaky player. And so if you see him put up an eight, Maybe with the competition coming up, you think he might be able to put two more weeks together. Yeah. And so you're trying to jump on that early. You're taking a chance. The money's not high, so you can do that. Pereira's probably your fourth midfielder, and uh, and you're hoping for the best. That's that's the best justification I can put together for that kind of transfer in rate. Yeah. But as for Wolves, does this change anything about how you feel about Wolves, Dave? Hey, Wolves' next three fixtures... At Brighton, Brighton plays different when they're at home. Home to Spurs at Arsenal. Yeah. Wolves' next three games, not easy. This Watford match was supposed to be your last. It was. I'm not worried about at Brighton. I'm not. I'm just saying Brighton uh, does uh, seem to play different at home. Yeah, Yeah, but Brighton doesn't score a ton of goals anywhere. I'm not worried about that one so much. And you're playing the Wolves' defense. That's what we've been saying. Right. It's uh, the Wolves defense. Some, some people could be playing Jimenez. And Jimenez's assists. That's right. been the story so far Spurs until this and, match. Spurs and Arsenal? No. I mean, I don't think. I mean, if I, 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 I have Patricio. If I you have, just I bought Doherty. Doherty. I, yeah, you just I, bought Doherty, Dave. Do you sell him? Is now Should you sell him now? Should I sell Doherty instead of Juan Basaka for mm. Hammer Defender? Mm, no, maybe. No. <laughs> no. So so here's the thing with Doherty. Doherty, Juan Basak is actually playing in the defense. Doherty is playing in the midfield. So I, I like my chances with Doherty having a chance to pro- get some form of offensive production. Juan Basaka, for the most part, especially with Palace's upcoming schedule, he's not going to be getting many points. I can buy him back later. His price will probably drop. People are going to sell him. So I'll buy him back later if necessary. But when I look at other 
guys like Jop when they're coming up on these these great runs, and I can exchange four point three for for point four point three. It just seems like that's the move. Doherty's price isn't that much different. Four point Doherty is at a four point eight. And what's mm-hmm. Lovren? Lovren is four point nine. I would rather own Lovren than than Doherty. With with hmm. considering the upcoming schedules, that's true. Interesting, Dave. That's true. And in fact, I'm almost having buyer's remorse buying Doherty last week. I I cannot say I told you so enough times. No, you didn't say that. You never said that. But no, I asked the questions and you no, told me it no. Did not Flat come out no. You said ask, I was you wrong. You did not ask that question last week. Not against Lovren, but I did ask, should you buy well, on Wolves now? Then you didn't say I told you so. Listen. Now I'm saying I told compared you so. Compared to Lovren. That I'm not going to say I told question. you so after the 15. Listen, hey, <laughs> oh it's not changing the way people, we want to know what people are actually doing. What are they, Brian? The third most transferred in defender for the match week so far is Doherty. Are people living in a one week tape delayed world? Well, I think well, there's. That wasn't listen, one I, week tape delayed. It was 12 2, 12 15, and then a one. So I the, th- the right. ones that stands out. Yeah, the thing you don't like about his one is that not only did he get a one, he got subbed two, off at 70 subbed off at 71 minutes. Yeah. But listen, Doherty's had a great run. Uh, I just think, you know, 35,000 people are buying Doherty so far this week. So hey. here's, here's all I can say. If you have. Dave. Yes. Brian, value, team value guys. Yes, that's right. If you own Doherty at this point and you've seen an increase in value in him since you bought him, sell him now. Get the money and go somewhere well, people else. People are still buying him, so I'm not going to do that yet. But I will consider that, yes, I get it. For Brighton, I think Brian's right for the Brighton match. Hold on hold on to him till next week. See if his price goes up and then sell him for, what, okay, for, but for your gains. Don't be surprised if you need to sell him the night of that match. Maybe. Everton 2, Crystal Palace nil. DCL and Jank Tosun, the goals for the Toffees. Wow, boy did but boy did Everton just send the crying rain clouds down onto the Crystal Palace, Wayne Hennessy, James Tompkin owners. You just needed to watch a couple of minutes this morning. Why, why are you why do you hate Crystal Palace? I don't I I love I actually if I wasn't a gunner, I probably would like Crystal Palace. Listen. I, I support any Premier League team that supports cheerleaders. <laughs> Is that wrong? Maybe. Everton, the second pointless fantasy Premier League goal of the season nominee for our podcast. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, assisted by Adamola Lookman, accounts for a total mm. of 0.9% ownership. Kudos well. to Marco Silva. Some fun stats for him. Brian, you probably already have one of these stats. Like, he hadn't had a clean sheet in how many games? As John Champion noted during the NBC broadcast here in the United States, in the last, entering this match... The previous 19 matches managed by Marco Silva. 19? 19 matches of clubs managed by Marco Silva. One clean sheet. Wow. And then, wow. And then this match made two. Amazing. So, by the way, kudos to Marco Silva as a manager. He subs in the guy who gets the assist. He shouldn't have had a clean sheet and in this both, one either. Both guys that get subbed in end up scoring. So, all three of his subs... Literally had an impact in the scoring on the game. Yeah. Like many matches, you wonder how things would have been different uh, had things gone uh, differently than they did. Is that That's the expression, <laughs> that's I believe. That's how people that's say it. Amazing. He couldn't, he couldn't do that twice. It's amazing. Listen, <laughs> Luka Milivojevic, what are you doing? Missed what are, penalty kick. What are you doing? Jordan well, in Pickford. fairness to him, he struck it pretty well. Jordan Pickford what are you doing? did a did a dive left, but he happened didn't... to dangle his foot just that's far Luke's enough. Fault. That's not that's not Pickford. I never like the right down the middle. I like kick. it. I love it every time. You just got to hit it high enough so that it gets by the dragging ankle of the goalkeeper, Scott. Dumb kick. <laughs> Nice job, Luca. Agreed. Look, it's 1-0, Crystal Palace, at that moment. And, yeah, Everton had had some chances, but I feel like it's a little bit different. At 0-0, there's still different pressure. And if there's one thing Crystal Palace has been good at so far, it's been defense. So I just feel like it changes the game a little bit. But, no, good on Everton for making the changes they did. Clean sheets for everyone on Everton defense. 
luckily for anyone who held on to Jordan Pickford this long, which I don't know why you would have. You're, uh, you're you not paying a, attention if you did. You got a clean sheet and a penalty save, which I'm sure was worth a billion points, and you probably did really good <laughs> this week. Uh, sad for all the hot commodities uh, entering the match. Richarlison got nothing. Nothing from Richarlison. Only one. Zaha only got- only one shot for Richarlison in the match, which is not good. No, nothing from Gilfie. Gilfie had good chances. Yep. And Gilfie had five shots. Okay. Gilfie led again in shots. So his price has gone up to me, I feel like, very understandably. Zaha is no hot commodity. Zaha is a cold commodity. I told you Zaha, guys. Zaha what, was a, what did Zaha I tell you guys a, a couple of weeks ago? Well, I mean, he was his price dropped, and this was the last match. If you ha- if you held on to him, a if you held on to him, you lost some money. B, you're furious because he gets an assist here. Luca puts it in the back of the neck. You and he net, you at least assist. get the assist uh, for the takedown in the box from uh, who did it? Sheamus. Ah, Sheamus. Curse Sheamus. Yeah, I don't have a curse for him because it's not worth it. Really, no, the curse it wasn't. taking down Zaha in the box. I agree, but anyway, I don't. I feel like that this I don't think affects anything about whether or not you're owning an Everton player going forward. Bournemouth nil, Southampton nil. The South Coast derby ends in no goals. How about your Ryan Bertrand, Scott? As much uh, as I'd love to mock that, I never saw this result coming. Nope, and neither did I, which is why he was on my bench. Yeah, understood. I get it. Bournemouth, who, which had been seemed to be a scoring machine, ran into the brick wall, Brian, that seems to be Southampton. In fact, you're, or, you're perfectly leading into my Scott stat of the day. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. Well, I, I knew that. The no stat one. is 11. 11? Yes. 11 minutes of possession that Southampton had in the game. 11 is the number of functional strings that are left in Ryan Fraser's hamstring. Mm. No, it's the number of months since Bournemouth have been involved in a goalless game. Oh, wow. Dumb. Okay. That's a good stat, then. I like that. Thank you. Brian said it was dumb, but I like it. No, I hate it. You've always been my favorite Because Yeah, sure. Because it was stupid. Because this this was stupid. No, look, this was dumb-er. I actually, Brian, I had to make up some money this past week to try to get Raheem Sterling. And in the process, sold Ryan Frazier and crazily owned David Brooks. You brought in David Brooks. I did. I did bring in David Brooks only because he was cheap. Uh, and I needed someone, and look, he's been playing. There's a joke in here somewhere about your name being David and, and the Brooks David, family. Sure, yeah. Brooks, yeah. yeah. Look, I like Brooksy. Brooksy was is good. Remember, I mocked him. He looked like a high schooler. He's a good footballer. Look, I needed to make up some money. Let's just get down to the. Can the I call you David Brooks Senior? But look, at a five point one, I thought that was a good own as a midfielder. Find well, me a did. better five point one. He went up a, a tenth. Uh, the positive thing here is uh, for anybody who decided not to sell Ryan Frazier, which I think is, Dave, I want to say it's crazy to sell him. But you did what you did, and we support you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He goes to Fulham in in the next game week. I know. So first of all, and that's the worst defense in the league. Both Ryan Frazier and Josh King were doubts ahead of the match. And this was... I. Yeah, it, it, trust it, me, I'm frustrated about having him on my bench. In my in my heart, I wanted to say, you know, if we had talked about it last week, if we had known that, none of the language about the injury this time, it was just Ryan Fraser withdrawn from the Scotland squad, and there was nothing, it was nothing nearly as significant as it was a few weeks ago ahead of whatever match it was where he, I think it was against Leicester. Can you tell it, though, to the guy whose job it is with the Premier League to color the triangles on the app. <laughs> I, listen, because that hole <laughs> ruined my lineup for the week. It's like four times. Listen, I, going into this match, I had so my my question marks. So I went from having no question marks to having all of a sudden two. Yeah. So I decided I was going to roll with my guys anyway. I had Ryan Fraser in my first bench spot. I played Josh King anyway. 
because he had just played 90 minutes in the midweek and it was an ankle injury, whatever. Can I interrupt you, Brian, and ask you a question? Yes. Dave, Dave can answer this too. In terms of tactics, fantasy mm-hmm. tactics, talking about a guy named Ryan Frazier. Yep. Orange triangle next to his name. Vague language about his injury. Yep. Would the right tactics always be to just play him if he's your best matchup? And then if he doesn't play, you go to your bench. But if he does play, then you get those points. So here's the thing about Ryan Frazier, in my opinion. Two out of the nine weeks, he has scored more than six points. And two other weeks, he's only scored six. So five out of the nine weeks this season, he has not scored more than two points. Yeah, but I'm looking at his output for the whole season. It's 51 points. I know. Is he a Firmino of the midfield? Do you ride him out to the end of the well, year and it, you're happy with where he ends? It's the same as it's the same as it was a few weeks ago. He's six dollars. I mean, I don't know what else you're doing at his price. There's no and, one else at that price that has and those. I would say for a guy who just came off of a hamstring issue, Ryan Frazier Again, what people are actually doing, he's one of the most transferred in players in all of the Premier League yet again this week. He's in the right, he's in around 10th most transferred in. Now, we'll, to me, I feel great about that as somebody yeah. who, I, I mean, I want to see his value come up, especially oh, yeah. coming into this next week. I mean, At it's, Fulham. It's, it's, what you're, it's what you are holding on to him for, which is why I say this match was stupid. It's true. It's true. It absolutely was stupid. You were not expecting this result. You play him at Fulham, and if you want to sit him at Old Trafford the following week, he's at six pounds. You can probably do that if you want to. I agree. That's the beauty of having a fourth midfielder named Ryan Frazier. You don't like the matchup, you put him in the first spot on your bench, or you just put him at the end of your lineup Listen, and see what happens. Ryan Fraser did this last season whenever he was getting some good run and he was having he was having some good returns. I just say, like many players who have extensive involvement, Ryan Fraser has created eight big chances this season. You know what rank you know where that ranks him in the Premier League? Two probably. One. Oh wow. He is number one in big chances created. He has 22 key passes for the season. You know where that puts him? Fifth. Hmm. He's only behind Eden Hazard, Gilfie Sigurdsson, David Silva, and Willian on the season. So to me, this is a guy who is, he's taking corners, he's taking free kicks, he's putting in a thousand crosses. I just feel like this is a guy that no matter what the, no matter who the matchup is, yeah, all they exactly need is right. one. Yeah, and Dave, if he was, if we're talking about Eden Hazard with this kind of output, then yes, it's a conversation. But we're not. We're talking about Ryan Frazier. I know he, he's cheap. Watch, watch David Brooks outscore him this week. Moving on. <laughs> Cardiff four, Fulham two. There is literally no point in mentioning all these goal scorers, so let's just talk about how pretty Andre Sherla's goal was. <laughs> hey, Brian, you have mentioned Andre Sherla in multiple ways. Tell me, Brian, why and or should I consider owning Andre Sherla at a 6.0 when Ryan Frazier is at a 6.0? Sherla's up to 6. Sherla is at 6.0. I just said that. He started he was- the year at 6. He was just 5.9. He dropped and is now back up. Not too, too long ago. Six and a seven in his last two matches. Well, the number one reason why, if you're me, and you want, and I need to give you a reason to buy Sherla is because you love, love seeing those points roll in when he is not on your team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that cleared Look, it up. When, when the points are coming in for your favorite cottager, or Lily White, or White, depending on what you want to call them. Interesting. Goals in consecutive matches per match of the day. I feel like this was an interesting stat. 11 of his 15 goals have been scored in away matches. 11 of his 15 Premier League goals yeah, well, have he been scored has in something. away matches. He tries to score in every place he goes. Um, no, I listen. Hey, Andre Sherlock scored as many goals as Mohamed Salah. Listen, and this is what I said. This is what I've said all along. The, the statistics on this, it's shots and shots on target. It's it's just it I feel like this is a lot volume. Sherla and 
and Alexander Mitrovic are both in the top 10 in shots and shots on target. So Sherla has as many shots on target as Sadio Mane does for the season, and also Eden Hazard has for the season. I'm not saying that that's going to correlate into directly into points. I'm just saying this is a guy who is not afraid and who is obviously capable of getting it done. Two questions. I've got two guys in mind who cost a little bit more than Sherla right now. If you own Richarlison, do you transfer him out for Andre Sherla? No. No way do Man. I. Um, All right. How about James Madison? Well, hold on. Brian didn't answer. Well, I have. That's the thing. This is. This is. It's not the thing. The thing is. You haven't said a thing yet. <laughs> it is a thing that we have discussed on this very podcast not too long ago, which is there are there are these te- like team of the season quality midfielders like Ryan Frazier, like James Madison, who all of them like there are guys they're not expensive. You're getting great performances from guys like Goodmanson from Burnley and Sherla. And in the question is, are are you going to own them over the other players who are who are performing similarly? I didn't say this when we were discussing Leicester because we we spent very little time on them. But James Madison is in the Premier League for the first time. And if I've said it before, I've said it a million times. Guys who are in their first year in the Premier League, especially the ones who start out hot, do not sustain it over the course of the year. Andre Sherla has been in the league before. Mm-hmm. He is a veteran of European football in general. Yep. This guy can sustain longer than James Madison. His last two mat- Madison's last two matches being twos. I'm not saying I'm at panic at panic levels yet. Uh, this isn't threat level midnight or anything. Right. However, when it comes to James Madison, there is an expiration date. He is the carton of milk in your refrigerator right now. And the question is, who do you go to when the milk expires? Andre Sherla is a candidate. There's no doubt about it. Frazier is a candidate. He's been in the league before too. I'm just wondering which guy do you go to? Is Andre Sherla someone you should go to if you own James Madison? Well, well the, and, I mean, and I'm piggybacking on that. I want to know, Brian, in the Bournemouth Fulham Derby next week, and that's not yeah. even that's not even a thing. <laughs> no. Who's the better own, <laughs> Frazier or Sherla? Um. Well, I mean, you hope that there's no injury between the two of them, and Fraser seems to be given a clean, a clean bill of health <laughs> from you. All right, barring injury, yes, okay. Brian, who's uh, going to score more points next week, Fraser or Sherla? I think. Don't I think, waffle on me. Answer this question. Be, I think it's going to be Fraser. If I had to pick one, I would pick Fraser. Dave, I'm going Sherla. I think you gotta go with the home guy, but I'm gonna put Frazier in my fantasy lineup. Listen, I, I, I mean, call Fulham, me crazy. Fulham is yes, Fulham is slightly better at home than they are away. They've only conceded ten goals at home <laughs> compared to fifteen on the road. So it's still the second worst overall. Sure, and and yes, you could point to some other teams who have been terrible defensively and say, "Oh, look at their matchups." They've conceded 10 goals at home against Crystal Palace, Burnley, Watford, and Arsenal. So, yes, Arsenal is accounting for five of those. And Arsenal is in a, like, they're they're in a class that's a, a bit of a cut above offensively right now. However, they've still given up five goals against teams that don't really score very many goals. So, Bournemouth, I think... I don't know what this was this past week. I have no idea. I just think, like I said, you're talking about you're just, it's just, uh, this is involvement. It's all about involvement. And so, Sherla's taking a thousand shots. Ryan Fraser is doing just about every other possible thing. Right. So, if I had to pick one, Fraser. Ryan Fraser to have a couple returns compared to Sherla scoring a goal, I'll just take Ryan Fraser. Sure. I I have changed the West Ham defender scoring update segment from the start of the season. And I've converted it to a Fulham defender scoring update. It's so, it's so important that we keep. I love that we're keeping track of this. It's important because Fulham defenders are through nine weeks in the season the worst. Yeah, okay? they're, they're not. Right. This is bad. Don't without looking. I think you just looked. I Dave. did. I haven't right. pulled up, so I can't. All right, so Brian, without looking, okay. I want you to give me the number that corresponds to the highest point scorer 
among Fulham defenders. Total points so far through nine match weeks. What is the highest score total points a Fulham defender has so far through nine match weeks? Someone on the Fulham defense has seven. You would be wrong, it's sir. It's lower. It's unbelievable. It's five. It's lower. There That's are, a lie. There are 29 total points among all guys with D's. Wow. Among all... <laughs> it's my best line. It's your best line. Among all eight defenders combined, 29 total points through nine matches. Not good. And that's just... that's. I mean, I make a big deal out of that because that is... That corresponds to what we see in real life on the yeah. embarrassing. Uh, R.I.P. Tim Ream. Uh, I know everybody loves him at Fulham, but he's basically responsible for two of the goals that Cardiff yeah, scored. You say that, but I mean, he he's still not worse than Cyrus Christie. I know it was not good. Uh, Bobby Reed's goal was a championship quality goal that made its way into the premier league because <laughs> yeah, that entire fair. sequence was that's such fair. trash this was a um, championship match it was. fulham uh fulham so first of all congratulations to carter first win against fulham since january 2015 way to go uh second <laughs> this was it if we i didn't say it last week i feel bad for not saying it last week but this was their chance i was gonna say this was cardiff's first chance to get a point and I think that this is enough. Neil Warnock should be, uh, should he should be bumped up a little bit here for finally getting a, a big win. This is a big amount of points for them. And can, was I, a big can, I, can I cut you off? It's can a we big be win done? for, can we be for done Warnock. Can Listen, we, can we be done with this man? Patterson, Murphy, Reed, Harris, goal scorers, combined ownership, zero point eight percent total. Four guys for all four in a segment we like to call. Someone please explain this to me. 322 people own Kadeem Harris. Huh. 300. It's, it's price. And 22. Right? Price. I think so. However, I don't think he's so cheap that there isn't somebody else that you just say, why not that guy? <laughs> and yet, 322 people own Kadeem Harris. Mm. Um, Fulham, they're having a kind of a bit worse of a mirror image season to their championship season mm. last year. They were in the bottom third of the championship table going into November last year. So they're going to need something like the 23 match unbeaten run that they went on in the championship. <laughs> that's not true. Only Yes, they did. They did do no, that. No, no, that's true. But they're they, not going to need that. You don't think they can do that? They are up in against the Premier League. Huddersfield. I know. And Newcastle and Cardiff. Fulham to, has Fulham has to play. Their goal is to stay out of the bottom three. Seventeenth is the goal. I know they need a three-match winning streak, Fulham, and they're safe. And Fulham plays home to Bournemouth next week, which you know I, I'd still put my money on Bournemouth, but you never know. And then, over at, under, and, then and then at Huddersfield, over under four and a half goals total scored in that match. I will take. Uh, <laughs> I'll take the under. Really? Yeah. No way. It's over. Big goals in that match. All right. No, I'm happy to own both. I mean, I would if I had Fulham guys, I'd be happy to have them for that match. If I and, and I have Attacking Bournemouth guys, guys, and I'd be Attacking happy for guys. that too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I am not, yeah, I'm not scared of that match at all. Newcastle nil, Brighton won. Newcastle's easier schedule is not helping them much yet. But <sighs> again... Brian, this goal cannot have been significant in fantasy terms. Well, first of all, it shouldn't have happened. That's the first thing. Because tough break for the Magpies. The goal was following an incorrectly awarded corner for Brighton. The ball clearly going off of the Brighton player. Paul Dummett was furious, and he was rightly furious. And sure enough, on a, on a deflection in traffic, Newcastle concede a goal. If I was Newcastle... I, I just want to refer everyone back look, to Scott's shot. Which was that Dave sucks. Mm-hmm. That you one? hate Jose Mourinho. That one. No, that we need a second primarily referee, oh, referee on the pitch. Two referees in the pitch. So, Newcastle. Look, th this is what would... This is the part, if I was... This is why Rafa Benitez is losing his whatever hair he has left. 27 <laughs> shots for Newcastle. 
27 to 8. Kennedy, John Cho Shelby, and Matt Ritchie combined for 20 shots in the match. Yes, they had put they put six on target, but most of them required Matt Ryan to make a good save. So this is not for lack of trying. They had 41 crosses. They put in 41 crosses to Brighton's 10. Matt Ritchie, Paul Dummett, and DeAndre Yedlin combined for 29 crosses. They can't find one ball to put in the net somewhere during the 90 minutes. Crazy. Hey, and was, then and then Brighton scores on a Brighton scores on a wrongly after a wrongly awarded corner uh, on an in traffic goal that deflects off of Barham Kyle. Dumb. What, Brian, what am I to think of Brighton's upcoming schedule? We also should probably mention it's still good. Glenn Murray got injured with a terrible head injury. We we don't know right now that it's a yellow triangle. All we know is 75% ready. We know he is, thankfully, he's out of the hospital. And that Chris Hewton says his scans are fine and that he will be, quote, sore for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doesn't sound good. Hopefully they do the right thing. And and, sit him. Because the mandatory mandatory concussion protocol is six days. Yeah. So at least a week. You hope that they do the right thing here and do not let him play next week. I, However, Brian, what I don't about know. though Glenn Murray's minutes going forward concern you, right? He's playing well, a I lot mean, more minutes than he has in the past. Does that concern you if you're a Glenn Murray owner? I said it last week. I mean, Glenn Murray it's it's that he just didn't play 90 minutes that much last, last year. year. So right. yeah, I mean, you don't want him to go off at 16 minutes with a head injury where he's basically laying, right. that, laying I mean, that's catatonic on the on the on the pitch. But sure. No, I I'm not like I like I said, I think he's just obviously so important to what they're trying to do offensively. You know, you hope if you're Brighton, you want other guys to step up anyway. You don't want one guy to be responsible for every goal that your team scores. Right. So you know, I I I I wouldn't say just because he should be rested or Brighton needs to preserve him. You know, they're 35 year old striker that they need to preserve him for the rest of the, you know, 29 matches they have going forward the rest of the season. But, you know, at least for this coming week, man, I just hope, I hope he doesn't play. And I hope it's a matter of just like, dude, let your head rest. Yeah. So no, but if it was, if, if this hadn't happened, then you know, I, I mean, I would just say you just roll with him. Yeah, I agree. Matt Ryan saves the day for Brighton again. By the way, thirty-six saves for Matt Ryan on the season, six in this match, third best total of saves in the Premier League, and four Kit- four of their next seven matches are st- are away. I mean, that's the other big thing with Brighton is that even with a good schedule, they're not they're not as good on the road. Four of the next seven away, and uh, so Matt Ryan's cheap. He, if there's a if there's a goalkeeper that's going to go up in price, it's Matt Ryan. And Brian, I need to point this out to you because uh, you seem to be the only one here who didn't read your own differential article. <laughs> you promoted. What, what did I say? Transferring in Matt Ryan. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Lursel from yeah, Huddersfield, which did. I still I, I don't love all the twos that he has in his scores. But yes, I I I don't know how you wouldn't at least think about it, Matt Ryan. Uh, Lewis Dunk and uh, Shane Duffy all in the bonus points. One, two, and three in bonus points here for the for the match. But you expect that whenever they win one nil. Yes, so. I don't think that's going to be often that they win one. No, I can't imagine it. We've made it to the end, gentlemen. Yeah, we did. Isn't there any other ones? I thought there was one more. I don't think more. so. If so, it wasn't <laughs> they, important. They only play ten matches every weekend, Brian. Is that what number we got to? If so, it wasn't important. Hey, listen, find us on the, the Fantasy Soccer FC social spots. We put a ton of content on our website, fantasysoccerfc.com. If you click on the blog, uh, you'll see there's a ton of stuff coming up or that, that was on our website this past week from Brian and I. Uh, I plan on posting something kind of fun, actually, okay. uh, coming up this uh, between game weeks here this week. I'm going to look at all... I'm going to put together the best squad that I can put together with zero fantasy points so far scored this season. Wow. Wow. That I I can't even imagine how that's going to look. It's going to look pretty good, except not. 
Except not. Yeah. FantasySoccerFC.com. FantasySoccerFC.com on Twitter, on Facebook, on all the fantasy socials. That's not even a thing. On all the social medias out there. Hey, listen. Do us a favor. If you're even listening this late in the podcast, do us a favor. Go on iTunes. Give us a good rating. Write us a little review. Every little bit helps. We would love it and appreciate it. We have some very kind words said about us out there. We would love to have more of those. That's right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And, uh, hey, for the Fancy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.